Welcome to The Clopin Effect, a retail podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us today. I'm your host, Meredith. And I'm your host, Cass. Let's have some fun. Oh, I hear it. It's <laughs> you know she's like this. This is it. This is it. Hello. Hello. We are so good. Wonderful. Thanks so much for joining good. us. Yes. <laughs> so I have a quick uh, question. I'm super excited. <laughs> I am too. I am very I excited I already also. have a question, but then I'm going to let Cass lead because she has Stop so it. many notes. We're going to send you a picture of what her book looks like. <laughs> There's like it's amazing. It's amazing. Do you have long or short hair? So I did have long hair for the longest time. And then in a menopausal moment, I was at the hairdresser, and it was February of 2021, so it was February of last year, and I sat in the chair, and I said, just chop it all off. Cut I'm it done. all well, off. Well, it's super cute. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, my so- husband was not pleased. Well, he doesn't matter, so. <laughs> it's all on how you feel. Exactly. Okay. Okay, just give me one second. I'm going to close my office door because everybody is home, of course. Of course. Right. Yeah. Okay, and hopefully my teenage boys don't order skip for the second time today. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna the be busting in. Yeah, like crazy. yeah. <sighs> so, how do you feel about me like saying exact lines out of your book? Because it's like I want to say the I'm line. Okay, 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 cool. We are chatting about her memoir, "Spent: My Accidental Career in Retail." It was and wonderful. I listened oh, yeah. to it. Yes. I got to listen to it. Cass read it. I read it in six hours. And I was the crazy <laughs> runner out on the street laughing. Yeah. And people that were driving by were looking at me like, what is she laughing at? Yeah. And I was, I should have brought the book with like, this is what I'm reading or this is what I'm listening I to. I totally. And you were like, yeah, you read it. Cause like you, you had to read, but I mean, I had a few days to read it. I could not put, put it, it down. down. Oh yeah. I could not put it down. I ran longer miles just to listen just to, to listen. the book. Yes. <laughs> it's a very good book. Any of our friends that listen, yes, any of our friends that listen, you would enjoy this book. Yes. Um, Let us know. We'll, we'll tell you where to get it from. Absolutely. So one of my favorite things is literally chapter one, it's page three and it says, ask anyone who has spent more than a smattering of evenings and weekends in retail and they'll refer to how much time they did. Like they served a prison (laughs) sentence. And that is so true. It is. I always say I did 10 years at this store <laughs> and people laugh about it. And I'm like, it's true. Is that how you feel, Dana? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It's, it's, it wasn't how I felt while I was in it. It was the perspective I got when I was out of it. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. talked to other people and talked to other people who had been in retail. And the question was like, how how long were you inside? Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I've noticed that trend for sure. And when I read it in your book, I was like, oh my God, that is perfect. So yeah. also, so your, your, your family had some retail in their blood, which they passed oh, it yeah, on to am- you. Amazing. Yeah. Can you tell us more yeah. about that? Sure. So, uh, I come from a long line of retailers. 
Um, probably the most famous in my family was my uncle, who pulled a publicity stunt in the 1960s. He was launching his furniture store, and he said, um, of course, it was it's unacceptable to say it at this time, but back in the 1960s, he said, I'm going to Alaska and I'm going to sell refrigerators to Eskimos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and he did. And, and he it was did. a great publicity stunt. And he, 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 sold, he sold more than one refrigerator. So, you know, he was a retailer. My aunt was a retailer. Um, my father was a self-employed retailer. My grandparents on my mother's side, uh, started their working careers in retail environments and then eventually have their own store. So I guess the writing was on the wall that I was going to end up somehow somewhere in a retail environment for a period of time. Maybe I just didn't want to admit it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Okay. So then you say in your book, I guess you could say I was born with sales in my blood, which obviously you just explained. Mm -hmm. I could probably sell a swimsuit to a mermaid, but I wouldn't feel good about it. My conscience conscience drives me in that is something that's not welcomed or encouraged in retail. And I think that was an issue me and Meredith had in retail Mm -hmm. is we cared too much about people. We wanted them to have weekends off. We wanted to help them out with this or that. Maybe we didn't do things exactly the way we should have because we had a heart. Yeah. That was entirely my problem. And, you know, I was, of course, there are always going to be employees who are going to abuse that and take advantage of your kindness. But from a corporate perspective, when it came to sales, <laughs> like I had no problem telling somebody, okay, you need to go to the store a block away because they have it for like $20 cheaper. <laughs> so, I'm, you know, like everybody, everybody works hard for their money. And to me, it was, it was like, okay, they're going to appreciate that I just appreciate that I saved them some money. Mm-hmm. And they come back. They right. do come back to the store because they form that trust with you. Yeah. But my bosses never thought that way. No, <laughs> no, they no. never do. No, they never do. They're just thinking no. about the $20 nope. you lost them, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. So chapter four is kind of talking about a lot of your jobs and I am interested in your telemarketing job that you did not last very long at. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't even make it to the end of the shift. <laughs> like, I, think I, I, I think my shift was like four hours and basically like you don't, you don't get any training. They're no. like, Hey, right. okay, fill out your, fill out your tax paperwork and then go sit at that phone over there and the script is there and just, start making phone calls yes and read off and read off the script and it was terrible like the, <laughs> the first phone call I made I didn't I didn't get beyond mispronouncing the person's last name before they hung up on me <laughs> they were like thanks for interrupting our dinner <laughs> right yeah and it, it's just like oh, okay like how do you make how do I make money doing this if people are just gonna hang up on me and it just felt so gross because the script is intended. I mean, everybody's yeah. had telemarketers who refuse to, to take no for an answer. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and there's, there's like that. And it just felt so horrible to me. And I was, I was seriously considering, you know, 
quietly calling one of my friends and pretending it was a sales call <laughs> and saying like, I, I need to have an emergency now. Yeah. But I, I just, yeah. And then you were yeah. like, so screw that. This isn't for... even worth it. You just like, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I think I spent, I think I was there for just over an hour. I think I spent 10 minutes on paperwork, 15 to 20 minutes in anxiety mode over I have to call strange people and sell them stuff. What was I thinking? That is so amazing. Yeah. And the remainder of my time trying to conjure an excuse to leave before I just said to the supervisor, this is not the job for me. I'm out of here. And that's amazing that you recognize it that fast. Did they pay you for the four hours? Oh yeah. God, no. (laughs) (laughs) They did not. <laughs> and you know what? I was a kid, and I, like uh, I wasn't going to even be bothered chasing them for that. So yeah, yeah, not worth it. They probably never even turned in yeah. your tax paperwork. They yeah. were like, "No, we're not even bothering oh, no. with that." Oh, for sure they didn't. And I'm sure that the next week they were they had completely moved offices again. Like it was so oh, shady. Oh, it was one of those. <laughs> was, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, so the yeah. next person I want to talk about is Liv. Liv was an amazing oh. character in this mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. And it's even better that she's a real life person mm-hmm. to me. You mm-hmm. know, she was amazing. Yeah. And probably yeah. the best thing she said that I loved was being rich didn't mean you were immune from being a weirdo. Yeah. And she said, she had some great stories. Yeah. And she said, you know what, Dana, they are just people whose jobs are different from mine. And that's how I always felt in retail. Mm -hmm. You know, you get those hoity toity people and you're like, whatever you poop too. Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what? Her words stuck with me throughout my entire life. That's amazing. How they're just people. They just have a different job than you do. Yeah. So it, it, even, even in current day situation, now that I'm long out of retail, her words will come back to me in certain situations. Yes. Did you have to change any names in your book? Oh, I changed all the names. Okay. I was wondering about that. I didn't know if you had to ask for permission or if you changed all the names. Okay. No, I, I didn't ask for permission for, you know, what, number one, I'm too lazy to go through that and try to find everybody. Right. Because as you probably know, in retail, turnover is ridiculous. Yeah. So there was no hope for me to find somebody that I worked with 20 plus years ago. Yeah. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to change all the names. The people who will read the book and will be able to identify themselves yeah. are people who are in my close circle anyways mm-hmm. and don't care that I mentioned them or changed the name. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, so after your stint as a telemarketer, because we really didn't even talk about your first job that you got fired from, which was amazing. I love that. Um, yeah. But then you went to a casino. I did. So I loved this oh, story. Yeah. I love this story about Sister Mary Elizabeth. Yeah, I love it. We will, We probably shouldn't talk too much about it. I know. It I just want, I want people read to read the book. The book. Yeah. 
I just want to read the whole damn book while we're but here. That was one of my favorite. Mm-hmm. So you know what? We're going to leave everybody hanging on that one. We're not going to tell you about Sister Mary Elizabeth. You're going to have to read the book to find out yes. about her. Yes. Because it's, it's yeah. such a good story. It's, it's like a bad joke. Like a nun walks into a casino, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. It is. It's so good. And the way that she tells the stories, like I the know. way that you tell the stories in the book, I can just picture I everything. Know. I can I almost know. smell the yeah. casino. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I also would like yeah. to mention that I feel like throughout the book and your life in retail was that you were hot and sweaty. Yes. <laughs> that is my life. That is Always. my life. Yes. Right? I feel Polly like it's mentioned a few times. <laughs> uh. Terrible. And all the customers are going, it's so cold in here. And you're just like, shut up. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So can we talk about what is a unicorn? Uh, Yes, of course we can. There's not too many of them. It'll be a short conversation. (laughs) You know, I have to say, I've actually met quite a few unicorns Mm. in my life. I think it's because I was a lifer in customer service itself. Mm-hmm. So I've met quite a few, pe- a pu- <laughs> quite a few, quite people. a few people that whether it was waitressing, bartending, or working retail, they were lifers. Yeah, they were over the ten years, fifteen yes. years, and we know actually quite a few people that they're on eighteen years, twenty yeah. years, like have been there since the store opened. Yes. And so we actually do know a few unicorns. But can you explain what a unicorn is, Dana? Uh, so to me, a unicorn is. A lifer, so somebody who uh, intended to be in retail for their career and who actually enjoy it and who can navigate the murky waters of management, whether they are in management or whether they're on the sales floor. And they just, they love being of service and that's their, that's their dream and all the rest they don't really care about it doesn't bother them right yeah right i feel like that's us yeah, yeah. like we're still in retail yeah yeah wow. and we're, yeah and we're lifers i mean i've i was we were just talking about it yesterday i've been in customer service for 25 years and yeah. i'm only 40 so yeah. i mean i'm i'm you're a there <laughs> you're a unicorn um but you also mentioned which yeah, now sure. i'll men you know i'll mention this now but it's way back farther in the book is really how small of a world retail is once oh, yeah. you get into oh, it yeah. and you start hopping around, you kind of run into a lot of the same people, right? Yeah, for sure. And I ha- I had, uh, I, ha- I have this memory of this. I was hiring for uh, a big box bookstore and I didn't put this story. Necessary, I didn't put this into the book, but there was one incident where this woman walked in for an interview and I hadn't even looked at her resume. I was like the secondary manager who was sitting in on the interview. So I didn't even see her resume. She walked in and I looked up to see who came in the door. And it was somebody that I had fired previously from another <laughs> job. Awkward. And her face dropped. Yeah, her face just dropped. She went pale and she left. Yeah. She didn't say a word. She just walked out. Yeah. Oh my god. And then my fellow manager was like, What what happened? I'm like, Oh yeah, I fired her and this is why. <laughs> so it happens, right? And and it, it is a really small world and you know, I I would run into 
uh, people that I worked with at conferences or in other uh, um, in corporate meetings. There's so much movement in retail that it's it's impossible to not see somebody you know at any kind of retail event. Yeah, yep, I agree. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so then now I'm moving on to paychecks, right? Mm. So you, I mean, I know you're in Canada, so it's a little different than the United Mm -hmm. States, but not much really. But I'm looking at, it says at the time of you writing it late in 2021, Um, The internet search showed you salaries have not much improved since your first gig in 98. The salary range for store management is between 40 and 70,000 a year, which is really, I mean, I I think your guys's housing and everything is probably pretty similar to where we live. And that's really, it's pretty mediocre, you know. It is very mediocre. And you know, I was, I listened to the, uh, your, your episode about the best jobs yeah. and the salaries and the vacancies. Mm-hmm. And I was bored at some of, at some of the salaries. And I wonder how people still to this day can live on those kinds of numbers. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's hard. How do you survive on that? I right? know. I mm-hmm. know. Here's something else to chew on. If management pay is so dismal, consider the wages of hourly workers, right? Yes, exactly. So it's, it's not easy. Uh, maybe salaries are starting to improve. And of course it depends where you are Yeah. in, in North America here in Canada, we have a much higher cost of living. Um, and that always surprises my American friends when we talk about the price of a gallon of milk yeah. or a gallon of gasoline. Um, I know that gas, let's talk about gasoline, which is like what, maybe three, $4 a gallon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now we're, we pay about, we pay over six. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. We're bitching yeah. about four yeah. bucks so, a gallon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, you're, you're making the same level of money. Well, Whether you know what though? Numbers, right? You get free health care. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If we didn't yeah. have to pay That's our premiums totally. every month, if we didn't have yeah. to pay our premiums every month, right? we'd have more gas money. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll suck up the crap salary for healthcare any day of the week. <laughs> oh, I'll you knew tell it. you that my my anti anxiety drugs cost me nothing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I had, come on, everybody at the club, and you know, I had to bring it up, so. <laughs> <laughs> and this is another big thing, too, is whenever you moved to a new company, you blindly accepted the salary. It was more than you were making before, right? And that's all that mattered? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I didn't, you know, I was young and ambitious, and more money is more money. I didn't care about perks and that, that bullshit quality of life that right. they feed you. And, you know, management, there's, your quality of life doesn't exist. No. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, of course I was chasing more money, more money, more money. Because when you're young and ambitious, that's a sign of success. Yep. So, yeah, I, I just, it was always, a, it was about money at the beginning. And then the deeper I got into retail and, the, and when my um, aspirations changed, then it wasn't so much about the money. It was about moving up in a company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because you really, your whole career, you pretty much aspired to be, I don't know what you guys call it. We call it like a store director, right? Or even like a, a like a district manager or something like that. Or were you planning on going even higher than yep. that? No, I actually, my ultimate goal was to be director of merchandising. Okay. Mm. That was my holy grail. Yeah. And did so you ever get it? No, I never got there. I got, I never even got close because when I was really shining as a merchandiser, um, and there's a story in the book about this, mm-hmm. that when I got really close and did something really edgy that the company ended up adopting across yeah. all their stores, uh, the person above me, the person whose job I one day wanted, took the credit for it. Right. I, I, it took the wind out of my sails, and I just was, I was heartbroken for a very long time. I was heartbroken reading that story. Me too. Yeah. It really, like, it, I was like, oh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you started to talk about what had happened, and I just went, oh, no. Yeah. Out loud to myself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was, it was rough. But, you know what, that was, my goal was, I wanted to be a director of merchandising. Yeah. Because I love merchandising. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I love the the ability to tell a story with, with whatever it is you're, you're trying to sell. And I just, I love making the pieces fit. Yeah. Yes. And even after, so even after I'm out of retail, okay, I'll tell you the story about Home Depot with my husband. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So my husband used to work for Home Depot. He was uh, the energy management guy. So he was the one who, you know, ran all the HVAC systems for all the stores, uh, balanced their budget, made sure everybody was not spending too much on, you know, removing pigeon poop, that, all that kind of stuff. Right. So one of his big projects was changing out the lights in all the Home Depot stores to these new, I don't know, they were called T5s or something. Uh, he was, t- I wasn't really listening, but yeah. anyway, <laughs> um, it was a big deal. He saved the, the company tons of money on, on lighting costs, et cetera, et cetera. So he took me in one day to show me these new lights installed in a store so that I could see the difference and how much brighter and warmer the store felt. And while he's showing me these lights, we're walking down the garbage can aisle and the clip strips are either they're empty or they have things like light bulbs attached to them. And I lose it. Like I'm saying, I was, I was, Still kind of at the, I was at the early stages or early, I was at the end stages of my career and didn't know that I was going to leave. So I was still a merchandiser. And I stood in that aisle for 10 minutes while my husband's trying to proudly show me his work. And I am yelling at him, <laughs> like in vision about the merchandising and where are the garbage bags? The garbage bags should be on the clip strip. <laughs> Why do I have to walk seven aisles over to get the garbage bags? That doesn't make any sense. Why are there light bulbs here on the clip strip? Like I just went, and then I kept walking down the aisle, and it was like, why is there crazy glue? I don't need crazy glue for my garbage. <laughs> it's amazing what different eyes see oh, when yeah. they're in the store, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so awesome. I always yeah. get very annoyed by what's on the clip strips also because it'll be like those bath mm-hmm. loofahs over by bread. I mean, clip strips, like clip strips are kind of 
kind of invisible to us anyway. Right. Yeah. Like they don't really, we, we, we kind of acknowledge them, but they're not a, a, I don't think they're a huge moneymaker for stores. Right. But I sometimes yeah. wonder that if you had relatable items in the right area on the clip strip, would it make a difference? You're right. Pr- like you're in, probably in, right. You know, instead yeah. Of, yeah. I mean, instead of having uh, a cute, a package of cute little plastic spoons in the deli area, maybe have, I don't know, uh, turkey cooking bags. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you just, like I wonder if they if they were well merchandised, if it would make a difference. Sometimes I see them, they make sense. Sometimes I see them, they make no sense. Yeah. It's like an impulse buy. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I need that. It's totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember my only purchase from an impulse buy clip strip or like a little shelf that suctioned to the glass yeah. was an itty bitty tiny little pan for cooking an egg and it was right by the eggs and i freaking bought that you thing i i think it got me too I think I have that same one. am i the only one who didn't buy the tiny you're egg gonna pan? have to buy the Come tiny on. egg and it's so little and it works perfectly for one egg I always eat two eggs. So then, well, I just then it's crabby. not going to work for you. Yeah. That's why you've never bought it. That's why I never bought it. Cause I'm like, I eat two yeah. eggs. I'm not only eating one egg. Yeah. I think that's the only thing I've ever, I, you know, and, and now that I think about it, when I'm shopping, I can't think of like seeing those clip strips. Like they're just nothing that I would grab. No. Cause we walk right past them. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. don't care. We don't see them. Yeah. yeah. Like totally Dana said. Become, yeah. They're invisible. Yeah. They are. Yeah. Yeah. They get, they should get rid of them. Unless they have light bulbs on them by garbage cans. Definitely. <laughs> That's where they go. Yeah. That's where they'd go. Um, so I'm going to skip over this story because this is another good story mm. that if you want to know about it, you're going to have to read this book. Which and it's one is called that one? The Gorilla in the Bookstore. Oh, yes. And yes. that oh, one, God. that also scared me. <laughs> um, and yeah. then the next chapter I- is called Fight Club 2000. Oh, yeah. And I put a note on this chapter. I said the whole chapter was amazing. And the Boxing Day sweater cut in half was just absolutely amazing. That was my first ever Boxing Day in clothing retail. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And no Boxing Day has ever lived up to that. I always, you know, it's funny. Like, I was horrified that these women were acting like this at the time. But then going forward in my career, I'd be like, yeah, I'm working Boxing Day because I want to see the fight. (laughs) It doesn't happen in in housewares. (laughs) No, definitely not. People throwing dishes at each other, that could really get dangerous. Exactly. Yeah. So for those that don't live in Canada, what is the celebration of Boxing Day? It's December 26th this year? Yeah, it's December 26th. So okay. up, in, up here in Canada, it's like Black Friday. Yeah. Okay. For, okay. Like for Americans. So, yeah. you know, our our Thanksgiving happens in October. So to do that yes. uh, close Christmas sale is, is ridiculous. But this is a big deal in Canada. And I think the UK also does this Boxing Day where, you know, it's like deep discounts. And everything's on sale, and people are lining up for hours. Yeah, and it's it's chaos and pandemonium. And as a customer, I hate it. And as a manager, it's kind of exhilarating because people are super excited, right? Yes. And nasty. 
those two ladies were definitely excited in your book. So looking forward to yeah. hearing what yeah. others I, I, say about that story. Yeah, I don't know how much you want me to tell from that chapter. We're definitely going to leave that one. Yeah, you're going to have to go. It. They yeah. need to okay. read it. Yep. <laughs> if y'all want to hear what happened, you're going to need to go read it. So on Boxing Day, does everyone yeah. get off except for those that work in retail? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a ho- it's a, what we call a statutory holiday. Okay. So like all offices are closed. Costco is closed. Um, I think Costco is like the only retailer up here that will not open on these holidays. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Very yeah, interesting. I always so you guys have yeah. a Thanksgiving. I thought we were the only ones that celebrate Thanksgiving. Oh no, we do our Thanksgiving in October. I think it's the second Monday in October. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Because when yeah. I was younger, I thought the whole world celebrated Thanksgiving because I just, you know, yeah. that's living in the United States. You always only think about yourself. So, right. Yeah. Well, I feel like everyone celebrates the same as us. Yeah. And then when I see something on socials, because I have a friend that lives in another country and they're celebrating something, I'm like, wait, wait, wait can I celebrate why that? Why are we celebrating Yeah, that? I want to celebrate that. How come I don't have the day off? <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, and, I, and when I grew up, we we didn't do, like my mom was a single mom, uh, and we did not do a big Thanksgiving dinner because there was you know, there was nobody really to invite anyways, and she was she was done and wanted the day off, and I don't blame her. Yeah. But yeah, we I didn't grow up with um, Thanksgiving dinner, and then when I got together with uh, the gentleman. I'm using that term loosely, <laughs> who would end up being my first, my first husband and my only ex-husband. Um, his family did Thanksgiving. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, I, I, I didn't even think to ask, like, what the, I, I mentally prepared for it. I was like, oh, I know what I'm going to say. I'm thankful for. And. You know, I, I just had this whole illusion of what it would look like because I the only experience I had with Thanksgiving was what I saw on TV and movies as yes. American Thanksgiving. Yes. So And let was, me tell you, um, you know, not bad at all. Yeah, our our Thanksgivings here in the United States are nothing like the movies either, so don't feel bad. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the next thing I want to talk to you about, I was very yep. excited to read. And it's when you moved to Illinois. That's where we are. Oh, my gosh. Another great story. Yes. I do want to touch on this one a little bit, if you're okay with that, Dana, because that was excellent. I was like, Bloomington, I know where Bloomington (laughs) is. I get it. (laughs) Well, no, if you're not from Illinois, you don't. I mean, there's people in Illinois who don't know where Bloomington is. You yeah. Know? Oh my gosh. Can you, can you chat a little bit about that story to, sh- to share with of our course. listeners? Oh my gosh. That one is just fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. So I, how I ended up in Bloomington, Illinois was I was hired to work for old Navy hmm. as a manager. And at the time old Navy was not yet in Canada. So they had to send all the managers to the stores in the United States for three months. So we could be trained on everything from, uh, you know, management style, operations, merchandising, uh, staffing, everything. So before we were sent to the United States, we were allowed to pick three locations that we wanted to go to to train. So being from Toronto, which is 
just you know just north of New York of Buffalo. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, this would be great. I can go to Florida. Maybe I'll spend some, you know, because we were going from January to March. So I was like, oh, this is great. Maybe I'll get to go to Florida. Uh, I made my selections carefully. So uh, I really wanted to go to Hawaii, but I think there was only one Old Navy probably on Oahu at the time. Yeah. And I figured, oh, there's there's not a good chance to do that, to get to go to that store. But Florida seemed viable because there were like tons of old lady stores in Florida. I didn't want to pick uh, Georgia because Hotlanta did not uh, thrill me at all. No. I knew Florida for for a long time. I, I spent my youth going to Florida for Christmas vacation, so I was familiar with it. But Florida was like my first choice. And then I had chosen uh, Washington State mm. because I was under the impression at the time that Pacific Northwest had really mild winters, yeah. which they do, but it rains a whole lot. Right, right. I know that now. Anyways, so I made my choices, and the letter came. We, we all got our letters on the same day, and I was super excited, and I open up my letter and I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to end up like in Miami or Fort Lauderdale or somewhere really nice and fun. And I'm like, I look at it and it says, you are going to Bloomington, Illinois. <laughs> and I'm just like, what? Where is it? So this was like the old days, early, early internet days where you, you couldn't even get MapQuest. Like, it was horrible. I had to go to, like, an actual atlas, uh, like a road map, and, and look up where Bloomington, Illinois was. So, of course, I'm, I'm not a cartographer, and I see where it is. I'm like, oh, that's not bad. It's just, like, it's just a little ways off from Chicago. Yeah. So we can go to Chicago all the time. That'd be great. But no, that was it's like it's no. a couple hours away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, don't yeah. get me wrong. It's like once you so, make the drive a couple times, it doesn't seem so bad. But then, yeah, it's no, it's oh, not exactly. that close. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we won't, right? we and won't, going, we won't tell the listeners everything that yeah, happened for sure, on we want that them trip to listen. Yeah, because let me tell or you, that was it. a shit show. <laughs> it was, yeah. I think it was a complete shit show. Was that, that yeah. was that chapter called Red Flags? I can't remember because That's I where think she counts it down. <laughs> red flag one, red flag two. No, it, red flag yeah. one when you start a job. Yeah. You know, like right. yeah. Oh um, yeah. So one of my yeah, favorite it was, things it was brutal. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. god, oh, yeah. It was. I could just imagine. I travel for work now. And it's a pain in the ass. I cannot imagine yeah. leaving the country, first of yeah. all, going to another country, and then, like, it being such a shit show, I probably would have just went back home and said, <laughs> fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is probably um, what we you should have done, but I'm not here to judge that, you know? <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, you know what? It, was, it wasn't all bad. Like, it's, yes, the whole experience kind of, uh, was indicative of the company as a whole and how that rolled out. But I mean, there were a lot of great things. Like I got, I made some good friends. We went mm-hmm. to Peoria all the time because that was where the clubs were. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, We went dancing like all night when we could on the weekends uh, in Peoria. And uh, that was the first time I ever got to see a Walmart superstore. 
Okay, because I'm going to say Emmett, Emmett, who helped you out a little bit, getting checked in and everything, he said, y'all be careful. Thursday night is fight night at Walmart. You hear any shouting, you run from the gun. Right? And you were like, what the hell does that mean? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Because guns are not a thing here in Canada. Unless Uh, they're a hunter. Yes, yes. it's different, right? So just like, you know, that guns are so casually carried in a lot of states is kind of shocking um i don't i don't i think he was joking because he i mean obviously he was but you know taking advantage of these nice polite kind of naive and stupid canadians who are like that walmart is so huge oh my god never seen a big like we i had never seen a super walmart <laughs> right and this was like 2002 oh my gosh maybe 2001 no 2000 around 2000 do you have do you have them by you now or no now we do okay we do but we didn't back there like 20 years ago we did not have we did not have the walmart super center yeah so you know to be able to get my you know canes her way (laughs) and my fresh strawberries in the same place was like awesome amazing wild (laughs) that is so amazing (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, what a retail dream. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean I don't have to go to three different stores? This is amazing. amazing. Um, you also have a chapter called The Heiress, which was very yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think we may have all yep. run into people like this. Maybe not as, ho- I don't want to say hoity-toity because she wasn't that way, but maybe not as well no. off as, as yours one that was you, yeah mm-hmm. but we've definitely had board housewives who really didn't have to work but they wanted to get out of the house mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and and she was yep. just very pleasant huh she was amazing she was so kind and patient and like i i should have known that something was up because you know she came in she her skin was tan, her teeth were perfect and super white, and she had this beautiful tennis bracelet. Like, she just, when I thought about it later, it's like, oh, yeah, she just oozed money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She was one of us then, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, it was also part of the demographics of the store that I was hiring for. Yeah. It was not uncommon to you know for women to get dressed up to to go to the mall and, and then it was just for, all about appearances yeah oh sure like 40 percent of my customer base would spend more money than they actually could afford to it was sort of you know talk about keeping up with the doses yeah. that was the neighborhood That's where sad. everybody yeah. was yeah it was really bad so I just sort of was like oh she must be one of those but then I find out that she is in fact um, the heiress to a billion dollar for billionaire fortune. Incredible. And she was like the, yeah, she was the best, one of my best hires. Like obviously if I gave her an entire chapter, it's because she surprised me at right. every turn. You know what? She but was I, not I feel naughty. like, yeah, yeah, I feel like it's, I mean, granted you get people who really need the money that work very hard but then it's almost like yeah. the people who don't really need it work the hardest for you. Mm-hmm. Like, I, what is that? Yeah. I don't know what that is. Yeah. I think they need to get out of the house. Yeah. They need to feel like they're doing something. Yeah. They're grateful. Yeah. 
That, I mean, and, yeah, and they don't have anything to prove. Right. 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 So there, there's no ambition. They want to come in. They want to do their job to the best of their ability, and they want to go home. Yeah. And there's nothing. There's that's nothing me, riding though. on this income. Why don't right? I have a billion dollars? Because that's me. I go in, I do my uh, job, and I go I home. Know. <laughs> right? A hundred percent. She just wanted out of the house, and she didn't want to run um, run the family business. Mm-hmm. And this was it, it felt right for her. For, yeah. And she was yeah. an amazing employee. Oh, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Um, can you tell me about the nine circles of hell? Oh, <laughs> You know, if I, if I had, if I had a little more time, I was going to make my, my own nine circles, but yours were very good. Very good. Okay. Hold on. I got to go get my copy so that I can (laughs) read them in the right order, but not read them. I'll talk to, hold on. Okay. okay. (laughs) We're holding. So the only copy that I have left on myself is my author uh, proof copy. Oh my gosh. Which is all. Yeah, so I sold out of all my copies, and I just have my rough copies here. I love that. Well, so cool. for me, it it's on page, so cool. it's on page one hundred and thirty-one. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, so the so the 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 nine circles of retail hell, which is uh, very loosely based on uh, Dante's Inferno. Yes. Um, okay, so here we go. So the first circle is. Uh, that's the easiest one. That's taking the job without knowing any better what you're getting into. Right. Mm-hmm. Which you, which you, t- can I just is, say you did many times taking yeah. the job without knowing many any times. <laughs> many times. Like you think I've learned, but no, no, no yeah. I did not. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. So the second circle is um, being excited about getting an employee discount and dreaming about all the clothes you're going to buy before you realize you have to buy the clothes because your company requires them, <laughs> requires that you wear their clothes. So it's not a choice. And you cannot extend that discount to your friends, by the way. Your mm-hmm. family, yes, but your friends, no. The third circle is, uh, <laughs> this is when things start, you start really questioning, why am I doing this? Because you have spent, 45 minutes folding t-shirts and you're watching the customers just pull the whole display oh, apart yeah. while yes. you're still working on it. Yes. I feel that in my right. soul. They don't even care. Yeah. 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 No, not at all. The fourth circle is uh, dealing with management who wants you to work faster, mm-hmm. but with less hours. Yeah. Yeah. And they keep, and they keep cutting those, hours back because we do this stupid thing right we do our job right and we get it done oh you mean i I used to have five hours for that job and now i have three well that's impossible Mm -hmm. but i'm gonna get it done anyways and then two months later they're like oh you know what you did it in three now do it in two yep Mm -hmm. yep yeah we put ourselves in that circle repeatedly the fifth circle is the cash register, working at the cash register and handling the return. Yeah. Which doesn't sound horrible, but if you've worked in retail, you know that returns come in all, I don't know how to kindly say this, but. Just say it. There are things that are used. <laughs> yes. Uh, things that are used and abused and mm-hmm. brought back and you're expected to handle them. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, the sixth circle <laughs> is getting the your annual performance review that sings your praises. You did such a great job. We love it. You're amazing. You're an active team. We're not giving you a raise. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or we're going to give you a 20 cent cost of living raise. What the hell is that? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. That buys me a quarter of an egg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The seventh circle is going to a job you hate every day and choking back the violence that threatens to explode from your body. <laughs> I felt this one down yeah. deep. Yes, yes. For yeah. real. Yeah. So that could also be taken as a sure sign. It's time for you to get the F out mm-hmm. and move those somewhere else. Yeah. It's not going to yeah. get better. Yeah. Um, the eighth, the eighth circle is taking spit in the face as a customer yells at you for not telling her silk is dry clean only <laughs> <laughs> or any of the ridiculous things that the customers will give you shit for. Right. That you have no control over. Right. Right. Yeah. I was here at eight o'clock in the morning. Why wasn't your store open? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we open at nine thirty. Yeah. But I was well, here. Right. And that's I, I all that here, matters. So yes. we should have opened. Yes. Yeah. We should have known yeah. this. Yeah. Right. And the ninth circle is the fitting room. Which is so pleasantly are, put. Just well, it's just the fitting rooms. Uh, yes. Just the fitting room. And if if you've ever worked in clothing retail, that's all you need to know. But if you've never worked in clothing retail, imagine every bad pornographic scenario, and that does happen in the fitting room. And, yeah, imagine the chaos of two-thirds of a store just being left in one space that has eight rooms. Yeah. Eight Mm -hmm. little rooms. Like, it's so, especially on sales, so overwhelming. Yeah. Like yeah. not just sales, but like certain times of year, like even back to school. Oh yeah. <laughs> you could end up with like 2000 pieces in your fitting rooms. And we had to, and I talked about this in the book, how we had to close off a fitting room and just like keep throwing yeah, clothes in there. Dumping stuff in there. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah. My kids used to think it was, they didn't understand it. They thought it was weird when I'd be like, I'm sleeping in the fitting room before you go in there. Yeah. Because I don't know what, like, there could be some gross things lying around Mm -hmm. and you're eight and I don't want to pick that up. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mom, what's this? Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So you also. And to this day, like, if I'm in a store and I see that their fitting room is getting out of control, I have to walk away. Oh like yeah, it, sure. it does give me anxiety, and it reminds me of, and I feel for those people because I know what they're going through. Right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. You yeah. say in clothing, re- in clothing retail, recovery is a lesson in human behavior, and you also say um, clothing retail, by its very nature, will prepare you for the worst of humankind. And you say yeah. you'll be a better customer for all humankind after you work in it. Which I I took those yeah. little things out of a whole page and all of them are true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is true, right? Like I feel guilty now if I can't get my clothes back on the hanger. I feel awful. Yeah, yeah. Which is silly. 
Yeah, that's funny. But well, yeah, because you're not the type of person yeah. that says, oh, well, somebody gets paid to do that. Yeah, well, they get paid to do 800 other right. things too. Right. I had made a note exactly. in the book. I had made a note in the book about putting clothing back. I said carts also. Because that's a lesson in oh, yeah. human behavior yes, also. Yes, it is. And we've talked about that before. And do you guys have, okay, so we have Aldi down here. Do you have Aldi up there? No. We okay. did, well, we did way back in the, in the 80s. Day. Okay. We had a few, but we don't have them any, anymore. No. Mm. Because Aldi's the only place where you have to put a quarter into the cart. So you have to return the cart in order to, to get, get your, your quarter back. Mm-hmm. And that is yes. the best okay. practice ever. Yeah, well, we have to do it here in Canada. Every, well, COVID changed some of that for a lot of retailers because they, all our shopping carts, all our shopping carts at every grocery store, at Walmart, uh, you had to put, a dollar coin in. We call them a loony. Okay. The mm. bird on the coin is, is a loon. So you either have to put in a quarter or a dollar coin to get your shopping cart. And we've been doing this for decades. Mm. So to, to me, to go to the, when I go to the United States and I'm like, I don't have to give a quarter? Well, what do you mean? I can just take the shopping cart? No, they That's just so nice. they just leave them out in the lot, let them hit people's cars, and then say they're not responsible for yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, you know, there have been some like interesting developments in the shopping cart technology, like the ones that the wheels lock. Yes, yes. If you if you try to take it off the lot, and the and there's a sensor, and the wheels lock. Yes, that is some funny shit. Watching somebody who doesn't know. I mean, it's horrible to laugh. But I work retail management, so I earned the right. So when I see somebody taking a, a shopping cart and I know that the wheels are going to lock and it locks and then the cart spills and they go over the cart, and I'm <laughs> terrible. I'm going to hell because I laugh about it. Oh, that's <laughs> so amazing. You, know, did you think the sign, like, and there's a sign inside the shopping cart that says, you cannot take it off the lot or the wheels will lock. Yeah. But I guess some people think it's a lie, but it's not a lie. No, nope, no. Nope. We have stores here that if you don't spend a certain amount of time by the cash registers, like going through, it locks as soon as you leave the building. Yeah. So we see the same thing here, but what? just a little sooner. Yeah. Because they think you're trying to run out of the store with merchandise. Yeah. So me, who's a vendor, oh, I yeah. walk in, I grab a cart, I go do what I'm doing, and then I go to walk out the door with an empty cart, and it goes, er, and, and it starts dinging, and everyone's looking at you, and I just walk away. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Does anybody ever stop anyone I when the alarms go off? No. No, they just leave the cart sitting yeah. there. Yeah. So it's in the way of everyone else trying yes. to get through. And then because until they hit that button to like unactivate those locked wheels, it will lock every single cart going through there. <laughs> That's the best. <gasps> so then everybody's stuck. Yeah. It's like and a they're bottleneck. Going, What's going on? How come we can't get out the door? And I just walk away laughing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's interesting. It so is. Different. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, so now we're up to chapter 17. How many so cha- many I know notes. I have so many notes in here. It's hilarious. We're going to post a picture of this. Um, what do you have? Okay. 20, you have 25 chapters. I'm already to chapter 17. So um, in this chapter, you're kind of talking about corporate visits. And, well, yes. this is 
this is when you kind of lost it with Old Navy. Um, and you, the one line that I really, I couldn't get over is, wouldn't it be better to let them see things, how things really are? We would prepare for these visits, and it was like, if these people really wanted to know what happens, why don't they show up on a Wednesday afternoon unannounced? Yep. Exactly. Yeah. It's such a yeah. pipe but dream. But it never works that way. No. No. Yeah, no. and I, I always found myself wondering, like, do they really think that this is how it, the store looks all the time? Right. How could they not know? You know, there was many times when I started the job I'm working now where we would go in for store support, there would be 30 of us there. And they would say, okay, now they're going to be here sometime around noon. You need to leave before then. Because then they go, look it, you guys only have two people per shift in this department, and it looks great. Everything we're doing is fine. Everything is working. Yeah, and then the next quarter, your payroll's cut. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I got in trouble frequently for speaking my mind about that. I'm so Mm. glad you did that. Thank you for doing that. Although, you know what? You made a difference for the people that you worked for right then, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's very rare that somebody speaks up to anybody like that, you Mm. know? So, but then I read this line and you say, finding yourself having to measure the fallout from being written up versus a urinary tract infection. (laughs) Come on, take your bathroom (laughs) breaks. Yeah, the uh, worst. it was police. Yeah. Like, it was awful. Awful. Just, you know, like, I'm I'm a grown woman. I have to ask permission, like, I'm in third grade. Right. Yeah, right. To go to the bathroom. That's ridiculous. It was, it was so punitive. And, you know, being written up for eating an apple, come on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just, yeah that was yeah. disgusting. It, it just made me so crazy that I would get written up for these things. But on the reverse side, never got a pat on the back for all the good things I did. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so wanted I wanted to go find the narc at that store and like murder <laughs> when you told that story. It was that really. Uh, I had so many emotions reading this book, honestly. And then, okay, so like you said, you felt like you were going crazy. Like, I'm getting written up for this. This is nuts, you know? And sometimes you are like, am am I nuts? Am I nuts for complaining about this or doing it this way or whatever? Mm -hmm. And it just validated some of those am I nuts feelings, you know? Like, okay, we're all a little -hmm. little nuts maybe. Yeah. It's like the ultimate gaslighting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you, you question everything that you do. You're like, wait, maybe. Maybe I did take too long to eat the apple. Maybe I shouldn't have tried to get to the core. Oh, maybe gosh. I should have eaten half. Yeah. Or maybe next time I'll cut it up and, like. So you can eat it faster. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And it's probably the it's only ridiculous. thing you ate that day. You know what I mean? Like, really, we're questioning yeah. this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it had to be the only thing I ate that day. For me to step off the sales floor eat that apple I needed it yeah yeah so yeah um this is like a little (laughs) a little list of rules that you I feel like you ultimately accepted even though you never did in your heart and it's do as head office tells you keep your opinions to yourself take the blame for slack sales and do more with less 
And I think anybody working retail can relate to every single one of those. And it's, it sucks. Yeah. It does suck. And you know, yeah, the, the unicorns have no problem with this. Yeah. Cause that's, you know, it's just a, another part of their day. Mm-hmm. They take so much joy in serving the customer. Yep. So that's okay. So who cares about the rest of this? But yeah, it was, it was hard for me to take because I'm, I, I am a people pleaser. Um, but I have this really rigid, my husband would say very rigid sense of right and wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And you know, I'm, I'm not like if I was, of course, in hindsight, if I ever made it into the corporate office, I wouldn't have lasted very long, mm-hmm. as is evidenced by some of the comments I I made through through the book. Yeah, right. Yeah. I will speak my line. I won't tell me. I won't tell my bosses what they want to hear. I will tell them like what's actually going on. Yes, and they don't want to hear that. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, two things you said that I loved. This is when you were working at a uh, home goods store was never ask an employee to do anything you wouldn't be willing to do yourself. I lived by oh, that. Yes. Rule. I scrubbed toilets same. just the same as they did. Mm-hmm. And then if you cause the problem, you find the solution and we won't, we won't let you tell that story because that story is called <laughs> telling a story, selling a garlic press. And that was an amazing story. <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> That was a very good story. But I I agree with you 100% is never asking anybody to do anything you wouldn't do yourself. And Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people forgot where they came from as they moved up and they were just like, that's not my job. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't like that. Exactly. Yeah. It makes me crazy because I'm a big lead by example. Yes. Same. Right. Yeah. And I just, it doesn't sit, it doesn't sit right with me to ask you to do something that I won't do myself. I am, I am not the prince. I'm not the queen of Egypt. Like I have no reason to look my nose down on any job. I'm in that store and every part of that store is my job. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't, I would never ask somebody to do something that I wouldn't do myself. Mm -hmm. I have asked people to do things I couldn't do. But that's different. Right. right. Yes. Right. You know, it says it was a lesson that took you a long time to learn and retail was breaking the rules, even when the outcome was overwhelmingly positive, is never rewarded. And, um, you know, you go on to explain, am I the asshole for acting with benevolence while trying to reach new heights in my career? To this day, my answer remains the same. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> But you talk about, you know, like you kind of were like maybe putting your head person in a hard spot and stepping on their toes by not, I don't want to say you were acting out, but you were doing what was best for the customer. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And to be fair, I probably wasn't the easiest manager to manage for my, you know, my district manager or my general manager or store manager. Um, I wasn't easy. Part of being the person in charge is recognizing that you have different personalities at play and playing into their strengths instead of shitting all over their weaknesses. Right, yep. right, yep. yeah. So, I, you know, I, I know I'm not easy to manage. And I think I also said in that chapter, you know, would I go back to 
retail and my answer again is fuck no <laughs> but I think about it sometimes like like I I think about it all the time like you know my kids are older now and um while I do have a job I, I said to my husband honestly three weeks ago I said I don't know maybe I'll go back part-time to the bookstore that might be something fun to do and he's just shook his head and said, Hell no. <laughs> Although the bookstore really was like your original love, right? That was, that was, yeah. And mm-hmm. I still maintain to this day that was the best job that I ever yeah. had. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if the money yeah. had been better, I would have stuck it out. Yeah. yeah. But then again, the, the company changed. So the right. bookstore was bought by another company and then all the jobs changed again. So it, it, I wouldn't have had the same responsibilities and freedom as I had. And mm-hmm. part of what made that job so great was that I decided what was in, was on my shelves in my section. So I like, you have a whole chapter on returns. I'm going to, I'm going to let the audience mm-hmm. read that one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you talk a little bit about the pandemic and how you were glad that our typically ignored workforce was actually displayed as um, essential workers which it was nice in the beginning, and then they cut all that shit off, and then it went back to normal. So mm-hmm. that was pretty sad. Um, but you did say the next time you hear somebody berating a cashier, step in and say something. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you're yeah. not cool or not comfortable telling a customer to cool it, take a moment to acknowledge a cashier when it's your turn. And that's, like, so important nowadays. People feel so entitled and mm-hmm. They just treat people like shit. And the more we speak up on behalf of those people that are getting treated like shit, maybe we can make a difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and you know what? Even it's just to be kind and genuinely ask, how's your day going? And yeah. I, I have this one question that I ask every cashier I come in contact with. I always ask, is today or Friday? Oh, that's and amazing. Know, right. Right. And then it's just that one sentence and they know that I know what it's like for them. Yeah. And it changes their entire day because then, you know, we spark a conversation while they're scanning all the food I need to buy teenage <laughs> boys. <laughs> so I'm, I'm there for a while so we can have a good conversation. Right. That's and so then, awesome. You know, we'll talk about like, you know, like the snow might, I, my, I just had my Friday or my Friday's coming up in three days or, you know, whatever. It's, it, it's just that, that's my, that's that connection. My thing. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. 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 yeah, you def- all, it's yeah. Just one question and it, it lets these people know that I see you. I appreciate you. I know this is a shit job sometimes, but keep doing the good work. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. That's amazing. Um, so I have, I have two tabs left and the last one in here. Well, I have three, I have three, (laughs) sorry. Is, um, you talking about a lady, a lady lollygagging in the store. And then when you go to let her out, it was like one of those roll down gates and she tried to like get under it and her purse got snagged on the bottom and you were just like, yeah, see you bitch. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, it's so rewarding. Yes. I felt so good about it. And it's like, she can't be mad at you. You didn't tell her to go right then. Right. You know, I didn't tell you to go nope. before the gate was lifted, yeah. you dumb hoe. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's so yeah. great. They're so slow. Yeah. 
That's so fun. I really, I, I felt rewarded for you when I read that story. So, um, okay. So the last thing, well, no, wait, I have two more things. That's okay. So my second to last thing is your acknowledgements. I've, I don't think I've ever read the acknowledgements in a book. I read every single page of your book. I swear to God. So, but my favorite of your acknowledgements was your husband, Jeff, and your boys, Mason and Weston. I know you get tired of hearing me talk about my writing, but you smile and nod because you love me. Also, I can see in your eyes that you're never quite sure if I'll turn my lens on you in, in, in an over-exaggerated, mostly true memoir about motherhood. I can't make any promises. I love you forever and always. All those poor boys, what they must live through. Right. So I do have, I have two other memoirs. Yes. That was, that was, that was my very last tab. Yes. Okay. So my, it's called the girl in the gold bikini and it's all about my journey through family and food. Yes. Um, And it's, it's really candid. A lot of women connect with my stories because my mother was a horrible person put me on my first diet at 10 years old. Yeah, I'm going to have you know, to read I that didn't, one. I didn't know I was, I didn't know I was chubby until she told me I was chubby. Oh, isn't that and sad? Anyways. Yeah. So I lay out everything. Like I, I don't keep any secrets in this book and my oldest son, he's now 18, but when he was 13, he snuck the book. Right. So I, I wrote it. Oh no, he would have been 14. 14 or 15, like just in that age mm-hmm. where high school is a big deal and he could get into some trouble. And I, there's a couple chapters in there where I talk about all the, all the unprotected sex I had oh, and Lord. all the drugs that I did. Yeah. Right. So I didn't know that he read it and he snuck it <laughs> when, when nobody was paying attention yeah. and he read the book. Wow. And then he, he admitted it to me. So, you know, he, he has like, I said, do you want to talk about anything? And he said, nope, I don't need to know yeah. anything else. <laughs> but you cannot, he said, I think he was 15, because this sounds like a 15-year-old. <laughs> but he said to me, you, can, you cannot give me shit for any of the things I do, because there is no way I'm ever going to be as stupid and careless as you were. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is great, right? I mean, he read it fine. Oh, so my gosh. And there's like, like, like what, uh, you know, it had to be uncomfortable for him because what 15-year-old right. wants to read about their mother's teenage sex life, right? right? So right. we didn't talk about it. But then I do, like, I do the most wonderful thing in the world, and I follow up that memoir with my next memoir, which is all about menopause. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I talk about, you know, my boob saying and my vagina collapsing <laughs> and all these like and hair growing out of my ears like all the all the stupid ridiculous things and like the anxiety and the you know the things I worry about in the middle of the night so they are <laughs> my youngest has not read any of my memoirs but he wants to read Spence because he's ready to start looking for a part-time job right. and he feels that he right. needs to be armed with knowledge about retail, mm-hmm. but I have a, and I'm very candid in those first two memoirs. It's like, it's all out there right. for the world to see. I don't hold anything back. I make people laugh and they're never quite sure if 
what they say and do is going to end up in the pages of oh, a book. Oh, yeah. So I feel like people <laughs> yeah, are like that yeah. with us and the podcast. Yes. Because a couple times someone will say something, they'll be like, wait, are you going to talk about this on your podcast? <laughs> I'm like, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. I'm taking notes now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so right. where can everyone find all your books, including Spent? Okay. So uh, everything, all my books are available on Amazon mm-hmm. and Audible, uh, Barnes & Noble online, uh, Nook, uh, Kobo, if you have it up there, um, Walmart.com. And I think that's it right now. So a lot, a, a lot. lot. There's so. a lot of options for yeah. it. So I don't yeah. want to hear anybody yeah. so nagging available. because everybody has access to it. Yeah. So. Right. And what's coming yeah. up so next? It's available in paperback. Yeah. Oh, okay. So what's coming up next? I was going to say it's available in paperback, audiobook, and ebook. So all, all formats are covered. Amazing. Uh, what's coming up next for me is uh, a bit of a departure from the memoir world. Uh, next year, I don't have a date yet, but in 2023, my first novel is coming out. It's for uh, middle grade readers, so like the oh. 8 to 12 year old. Amazing. <clears throat> yeah. So I have, um, uh, I have a publisher who uh, in 2021 bought two books that I wrote for middle grades. Uh, they're very... They're not really scientific, but they focus on STEM, you know, that STEM, um, science, technology, engineering, uh-huh. math. Yep. So the main character is a um, 11, 12-year-old boy who is really into science. And he sees the whole world through science, and he identifies a global problem uh, and has to fight the powers that be to prove that he's right. Because he's just a kid, and nobody wants to listen to him. Right, right. But he's right. Yeah. Oh, so, how fun! I think I, mean, I, so I think I would like that yeah. book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're gonna like all of them. We're gonna <laughs> we're read gonna all, read of, all yeah. of your books. We're hooked now. You got us yeah. hooked yeah. now. Yeah. Well, ah, thank you. Thanks. I'm glad. Thank you so much for spending thank time you. with us. This was so fun. We yes. have been excited for however long yes, we started for like talking. A month. <laughs> for oh wait, hold on. Before we go away, okay, we have to talk about okay. how did Spectrum get my damn email. Oh, geotagging. Yes. Can you yes. share that real quick? And then we'll let you go. We promise. Yep. Yeah. No, it's okay. I don't mind. I have, the longer I talk, the less I have to be involved in dinner prep. So I'm good. We're ordering pizza tonight. <laughs> yeah. Woo-hoo. So yeah, tell me about geotagging um, okay. because I said something about it on, okay, on the so, podcast and you answered. Yep. I did. Yeah. So it's called geofencing. And how it works is a business can set up GPS coordinates around a certain area when they are buying advertising or uh, working with Google to build this geofence. So what it is, is it's, it's like a virtual fence, essentially, that they can set up parameters that anybody who drives through, shops in, picks up a kid at soccer, does anything within this fence, is eligible to get ads delivered to, Jesus. to them through social media. We just have no privacy right. so, anymore. The best, there is no privacy. The best example, it happens to me all the time, 
and you know, we think that this is the thing. So we all think that like our our uh, Alexas and our Google Homes are listening to us, but they're not really. The information that's being gathered is being gathered just by how we live our lives and where we go. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, uh, what happened to me was when I was in Orlando at Disney Springs and there was a VR storefront. So, you know, all these VR experiences. Uh And I walked into the the space and I looked around and they were fully booked for the day because my boys wanted to do it. And they were fully booked for the day. And I, I walked out, went down two stores down, and stopped to open my Instagram. And there was an ad already oh for the gosh. VR place. Incredible. They yeah. are on top of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the only way to sort of avoid that is turn off your location services. Yeah, which but I always have. Nobody ever <laughs> Yeah. Thank you yeah, for taking time exactly. and sending that email and explaining it. Yes. I did not want to answer it until I talked to you because I was like, I'm keeping that on the back burner for our, our episode yeah. here. So, yes, I appreciate you taking time to explain that to me. Oh, my pleasure. It's it's a retailer's dream to be able to, <laughs> to deliver ads specifically within a location like right. that. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's insane. It's, it is. It's wild. Oh, oh, Dana Goldstein, thank you yes. so, so much. This was so fun. Thank you. I enjoyed every minute of it. I could keep talking to you ladies forever. That's perfect. Awesome. Well, you know what? Maybe when we read your next book, then we'll have you back on again. I will be there for sure. Perfect. <laughs> thank you so thank much. Thank you. Thanks. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye. Okay, so that was super that was great. Good. She's amazing. That was thanks so everyone good. for listening. Yes, please go buy Dana's book. Yes, or yeah. do Audible like I did. Yes, and you can listen to it just or like nook, you listen to our nook show. Nook it out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. While you're driving it is around, really good. It's yeah. a fast read. You'll finish it in a couple of days. If you work in retail, you'll relate. Yes, it, amazing. There's Dana so many Goldstein good stories in it. Spent. Yes. Yeah. It's my accidental career in retail. It's so perfect. And on the back, it says, I thought I was destined for great things. Turns out I was meant to sell blue jeans. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a which story is, about that in which there. Which is also great things. You know, yeah. we all need our Amazing. jeans. Amazing. So, yeah. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Yeah. We'll Happy Friday. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Nametag Productions, LLC. Entire podcast, unless otherwise stated, written by the hosts. Drums, written and performed by my son, Stephen. The Klopin Effect, a retail podcast. If we have to be all in this together, we might as well make it fun.